Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and to quote my guest, quoting Brittany from Vanderpump Rules, I am on the brim of freaking out because fresh off his headline making an amazing interview with Andy Cohen, I am joined by everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino host, Danny Pellegrino. Sarah, I'm so happy to be chatting with you and being face to face. I wish we were together in person, um, but I have to say right off the bat, I'm wearing an homage to Claire. Uh, from the bachelorette she did a confessional on a robe and so i decided to do this interview in a robe because you know it felt appropriate and i'm running on three minutes of sleep in five days so um i mean i don't know who wore it better that's another us weekly trope (laughs) i think you guys it might be a tie it's a (laughs) toss-up i mean i have so many thoughts but uh, okay go ahead no i know (laughs) so So do i but before we get into this insane episode and claire's Farewell. I do want to ask you a little bit about your Bachelor Nation journey because you have said on your podcast before that you believe there are Bravo people and there are Bachelor people. As someone who has no life and has been both forever, I would like to know what made you jump ship and join us on this ridiculous show. Wow, Sarah. You know, this journey has been very eye-opening for me because I never thought I could be both. And then here I am this season. We're in the middle of a pandemic in the midst of it. And I thought, you know what? I think it's time I try. I, I kind of thought I'd dip my feet in and see what happened. And then uh, I just wanted to keep swimming in the words of Dory from Finding Nemo. It's just such a a wonderful experience. And it's crazy. And, you know, a lot of I had never I had sort of maybe dipped in other seasons. I think I watched like some of the Jake Pavelka season and I watched some of the Rachel Lindsay season. Um, but it wasn't like it was sort of in passing. I wasn't like really fully addicted. Um but now I'm fully inverse, invested in this whole area of um, of your expertise, and I'm just loving it. I'm loving it. But I, I'm finding that I can be both. I, I have had to give up a few of my Bravo shows um, to be able to manage it all, but I, I feel like I'm doing okay so far. Yeah, I mean, you picked quite the season to really jump in because we're in uncharted territory. We don't usually have an engagement and a runaway bachelorette. Yeah. And Sarah, a lot of people have been telling me like, this is a bad season to jump into. It's not a traditional season. And I think everyone's crazy because I'm like, this is the best TV I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's great. I love the kind of fact. I I love the fact that there's all bets are off. There's no real rules this season. It seems like even 
the host and the producers and editors and stuff. It's like, they don't even know what's going on exactly that I find, but it's all new to me too. And so I, I feel like even as we go forward and talking about this episode, it's like, I don't really quite understand the rules just yet because every time I think I understand something, like the people who were singing in at the La Quinta Inn, uh, Sarah, I'm like, who are these people? What is this musical group? Who are these people that are singing? Okay, so usually they get like D-list country stars who are like just about to be on the rise to be on The Bachelor. Like last season, they got Chase Rice who had secretly dated one of the other contestants. So that became like a storyline. So that was crazy. But those two people were Chris and Brie who were the winners of The Bachelor Listen to Your Heart, which was the music spinoff that aired earlier this year. That was basically like a star is born meets The Bachelor. So if you don't, didn't okay, watch that, which wait. a lot of people didn't. Of course I did. You had, they were just Sarah, two crazy wait, people. Hold on. You're, wait, hold on. I need to I need to process all this. And am I allowed to swear on here? Yes, go for it. Okay, what the fuck, Sarah? What do you mean there was a musical bachelor version? What the fuck? What yes. do you mean there was a musical bachelor? Why did why were they choosing musicians? What what do you mean? What the fuck? It was so good and not nearly enough people watched it. It aired earlier this year. They literally just took a bunch of like wannabe singers and put them in a fake version of the Bachelor Mansion, like a knockoff, and had them like compete music and like the dates were all like recording different songs and then like they would get judged on their chemistry on stage and if they like were a convincing couple they got to stay and explore their love story and if they weren't they got sent home is this on hulu like where can i immediately watch this after we're done here because this sounds fascinating to me see that i was watching and i'm like who the fuck are these people because they put the caption underneath it made no sense to me because i'm like what, what, were they, what was it called? Listen, uh, to, listen your to your heart. heart. I was like, what does this mean? Like, it was just random words to me. So so that's where my head's at. It's like, I'm learning and I'm trying my best to keep up. But occasionally you get hit with something like these two people just randomly singing at the La Quinta Inn and they weren't explained. Okay. And I imagine there's a lot of people like me who are like, what's going on here with this show? As if we're just supposed to know them. As if I was watching like uh, Ariana Grande. Uh, all of a sudden on TV, it was like they didn't have to explain it. I'm like, what's going on? I don't know who these people are from Listen to Your Heart. Yeah, somehow they're still together. Um, the ratings for Listen to Your Heart were, were less than um, stellar for ABC standards. But again, I loved it. And I don't. I think people just wrote it off. But, but it aired in like April. So you think people were looking for stuff to watch. But the commercials were, were pretty cringy. So I think people just wrote it off. But I want them so, to bring it back. So they're a couple. Yeah, so they won. But they didn't uh, they, know each other. They, they met on the show they, and won. Did they fall in love on the show then? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they fell had to in fall love. in love and win a singing competition. Yeah, they have an album now. This is this is crazy. <laughs> I'm immediately going because I was so excited to talk to you, Sarah, because I'm thinking I, that was my biggest question from the whole night. I mean, I know we're dealing with like an engagement and we're dealing with like a new person coming in. But the the biggest question I had after that episode was like, who are these people that we're supposed to know? And so now my mind is blown. I'm immediately going to Hulu. Yeah, go to Hulu, go to Spotify, listen to their album, Chris and Brie. I actually kind of like it. They do a really great cover of Taylor Swift's song, Lover. Um, and yeah, somehow they're still together. They, they didn't get engaged, though. On that show, there was no pressure to propose. It was just like, here's a recording contract. Okay, that sounds crazy, though. Like, all <laughs> it of it sounds crazy, crazy to me. Um, but back to Claire, because that was an amazing <laughs> Listen to Your Heart recap, because I don't think a lot of people did watch that, which, again, justice for Listen to Your Heart. But with Claire, it's so funny that people are saying that to you, because I agree. I love this season, and I think it's off the freaking wall. Like, it's insane. It's right. batshit. It doesn't make any sense, which I like in my Bachelor. But people, Bachelor Nation, 
gets very offended very easily and they don't like when people break the rules and it's kind of a double standard they get mad at contestants you know when they go on for the wrong reasons but then they also get mad if the season's boring so you kind of can't win right 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 i mean i and i think i i'd imagine maybe you could speak to this but i imagine the bravo fan base is maybe similar in a lot of ways to the bachelor nation fan base it's like we we want changes but then when they come we're sort of like oh i don't know if i want that change so i get it and people feel we all feel very um we want to be in control of our shows right Uh, but yeah i'm loving it i'm finding the unpredictability really exciting uh in a time when so much of TV feels uh, not exciting. <laughs> that sound, sounded lame, but yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And it was this whole, there was so much buildup because this summer we, we it, it leaked out that there was something happening and that they had called in Tasha and all, every, basically everyone who had been on The Bachelor in the last like couple of years like showed up at this resort. So I think we're going to see them all at some point. And the quarantine yeah. question is confusing and it, it was just so much buildup, but it was nice to finally get some answers, even though I still have more questions and I always will. And I, even when I ask people like Chris Harrison, they just kind of don't answer the questions. They, they don't, right. they, they're like to be vague. Right. They like to keep us guessing. So I don't know if we'll ever really know, but this episode started with Chris Harrison, just like breaking the news to the guys that um, there's not going to be a rose ceremony. You have to just sit here. But Dale, like he was, Dale was like the kid getting called out of class. And he was like, time to go talk to Claire. And I immediately was like, what do we think Dale is thinking? And how into yeah. Claire was Dale before he knew that she was like obsessed with him? Like, I, I, I can't decide. Right. I mean, I'm confused about that, too, because it's like, Dale, I don't think they knew each other that well. And it seemed to me, at least watching and we don't know, but it seemed like Claire was much more into Dale than Dale was to Claire. He definitely seemed like he liked her enough, but I don't know that he was quite uh, get engaged like her uh, if he wanted to do that step. So, uh, yeah, I I bet he was kind of freaking out. And I was imagining like a lot of these people probably go on this show to get Instagram followers. And so he probably thought, like, I'm going to do my best to make it towards the end to get the most Instagram followers. And then here he all all of a sudden had to propose after week two or something. (laughs) Yeah. The timeline is also confusing. Originally we heard this was in the first, within the first two weeks of production, approximately 12 days. Um, I just read an interview with one of the executives and he tried to make it seem like it was three weeks. So anywhere between two to three weeks was when this all went down, which is insane either way. Right. And also, I'm just imagining the mechanics of having to get those singers on the on the La Quinta Inn playgrounds, right? Because <laughs> they were probably planning on using them later in the season. And so then they probably had to do a bunch of COVID tests and get them, you know, they probably uh, called them up right away and, and had to get them on that resort, which also I'm fascinated by this resort, like the playgrounds of it. How many, how many suites are there at the La Quinta Inn? I don't know. You know, what's crazy is there's probably so many. I know there's over 100 bodies of water. Um and what's so crazy is they had Tasha move into the same suite Claire and Dale were just in. Yeah, like why didn't they give her a new suite? Right, like they literally um, just consummated their their whirlwind romance in this bed, and now they're making Tasha live. She had to live in the same suite that uh, Claire smelled D- Dale's pants in. What okay, was that, Sarah? So- <laughs> what was that? She sniffed his pants on camera. I know, <laughs> and Claire has tried to claim that it was because remember on like the second episode when they had to do the love languages and give like a gift. Claire claimed okay. that Dale sprayed his cologne on the pants, and that was his gift, okay. which is why she was smelling it. But it's still weird. Ooh, that's even weirder. I would have rather not known that fact. I actually think, you know, now I think they're both weird. At first, I just thought it was Claire, but now I'm thinking they're both strange. Why was Dale spraying his pants with cologne to give to a woman he just met? They literally just met. And where did he find the bow to put on it, like, as a present? 
it's like so bizarre, Sarah. Like I couldn't even imagine just meeting someone for 12 days ago, or it wasn't even 12 days at that point. What? How many days do you think in did he spray his pants with cologne and give it to the contestant? That was episode two. So probably uh, within like 24 hours of the first night. Okay. That's, that's something. That's something a therapist needs to break down with them. I'm not qualified enough to do so, but it's something that they, sh- I hope, are looking into. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so the big one of the big questions of this episode was, did Claire and Dale talk beforehand? Claire has admitted to go for some backstory. Usually when The Bachelorette is announced, the guys are already have been chosen, like isolated um, away because they usually do it right after The Bachelor ends. So they sometimes don't even know who The Bachelorette is. Um, and they're going into it totally blind. The the Bachelorette certainly doesn't know anything about the contestants. But because of Corona, they announced Claire back in March, and then there was this huge gap. They started filming this in July. So all of the names were out there, and Claire has admitted to Googling them, looking them up, um, but denied talking to anyone. Um, And the big question is, did they talk? The only thing I know for sure is I saw with my own eyes when I was stalking, aka working, this, this summer, is Claire's hair salon in Sacramento has been following Dale since, like, June on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. Well, so I I think that's the smoking gun there, really. Um, I think I for sure think they talked. I mean, of course, they're not going to want to say they did. You know, I yeah. I Also, would it be under like a breach of contract or something if they did admit to talking? So it's like an- maybe they just don't want to admit it. But I don't know. None of it makes the, the timeline. I I believe you can fall in love with someone right away. I do believe in love at first sight and that you can, I I believe in that. It's just, uh, I still think even if that happens, you wouldn't be so rushed with the relationship. I think you would just uh, still take it slow, even if you did fall in love. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because the show automatically puts you in this of like sped up relationships. Any reality show does. I mean, we've seen Married at First Sight. We watched Love is Blind this year. Like, so when I'm part of me is watching this, I'm like, we've seen crazier things. Like there are successful couples from Married at First Sight and Love is Blind. Those people didn't even get to like see each other before they were like exchanging vows. But at the same time, I I, I can't decide if I think they spoke beforehand because part of me thinks Claire Claire's a little... I don't want to say unhinged, but I've this is her fifth time on these shows and she's never really gotten a good edit. So like the fact that she even agreed to do this again blows my mind, but whatever, that's besides the point. So she's and wait, little... Sarah, do you think she's getting a good edit now? Because I don't believe so. No. So I, it's so funny because the first episode I was like, wow, like this was a totally different side of Claire stuff with her mom. Like she seemed like the strong, badass woman some of the stuff about her past relationships was really heartbreaking and i was totally on board now claire has me blocked on instagram so we're by no means friends um but i was like all in on claire and then by episode but you two, know who I- does you know who doesn't have you blocked on instagram claire's hair salon exactly so that's, all, that's all that matters exactly or Tasha. yet um but um yeah i don't know i think that the first episode, yes, great at it. The next two, really bad. And Claire was liking some tweets, kind of giving ABC some crap. And I also think she was so mad at the show because Claire was spotted in the huge-ass engagement ring at Target yesterday before the episode aired. And I think she did that on purpose to ruin it because she's mad at the show for the edit. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, just as a new viewer to this whole thing, it's like I, I don't think she's coming across well at all. Even from the beginning, I thought it's I, I mean, they're showing just weird sides of her. I mean, I I keep going back to the pants thing, but even like the whole thing with the the comedy roast, it was like she looked bad that whole episode when she was going on and on about Dale and the way it was edited to me 
just as a reality TV, uh, someone who watches so much reality TV, it looked to me like the editors are editing her poorly. And I believe that ABC and the editors or producers or whoever it is, they don't like her because that's what it looks like to me. I I don't know that to be true, but. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things, right? With reality TV, you can talk about any show. It's like, they can't pull things out of thin air because like she did say that, whatever I counted, Adele was said 130 times last week. Um, not just from Claire, but in general. So that's a lot of time. So she said Dale that many times, but what were we seeing out of context? What was taken out? This pants thing, the canceling of the date. Like there were things we obviously didn't see, but at the same time, this is Claire in one, this is one side of Claire for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm going to miss the heck out of her though. With all of this, (laughs) all of it said, I really feel like, wow, I miss her. Like I, we haven't even gone a week without her. And I, I can't even imagine my life without this woman in it. It's like, she's so unhinged in a beautiful way. You mentioned unhinged and I, I feel that. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the show's going to be like because I fell in love with the show with her. So now I don't know Tasia, but I'm excited to meet her too. Yeah. Um, but when I was watching Claire make that salad at the end of the episode, you know, <laughs> the very end when they were rolling the credits and Claire and Dale were just making a romaine salad at home, I thought, what are we going to do without her? Wow. Yeah, you're all in. You need a Claire Dale spinoff. <laughs> what was that? What was that scene, though, when they were making the salad? It was like, what are we seeing here? Do they normally show them at home after? So they do these things called happy couple weekends, usually at the end of the show. Um, and they film them because they're not allowed to be seen in public. So they'll, the bachelor will send them like to resorts or something um, in like neutral locations. So that the show doesn't get spoiled, even though it's always spoiled. And so that was the version of that. Usually it's at the end. And the reason they started doing that was because a few years ago, one of the leads like went rogue and switched to the runner up. So they needed footage of that. So ever since then, and the last couple seasons, they've all, all the endings have just been a disaster. Like they always are breaking up or having secret girlfriends or whatever. So they started filming them after the show ends. So they have footage to show the happy couple. So I assume that was like a happy couple weekend of salad. Okay. But were they at their home or were they at the La Quinta Inn or something? (laughs) So they definitely stayed at the La Quinta Inn for a hot minute because they didn't want Claire, they didn't want it out there that Claire was home, even though it was already out there. Um, So they made them stay there. And we're going to, apparently, allegedly, we're going to see Claire a little bit during the rest of the season. I think they're going to show us maybe some more scenes of them just in love making salad. Just making salad at home or at the La Quinta Inn. Just making salad. That's good with me. I mean, like I said, I don't want to say goodbye. So I'm happy if they, we pop a camera in front of Claire while she's cooking at home. That sounds exciting to me. It's like Nick and Jessica, newlyweds. I mean, Claire and Dale, they could, you know, Sarah, that's my favorite. That's all I want, quite frankly. Yeah. Me too. But do you think, okay, wait. So this is maybe an inappropriate question, but you you don't think they're going to last. <laughs> it's not an inappropriate question at all. It's it's the big question, right? Um, I don't know. I, I try to be not mean all the time. Um, it's hard for me. Yeah. Um, but well, I, I don't think that's mean. I mean, they went on a show to get married in ten days. Yeah, I just read an interview that they just did, um, saying that they are debating going to the courthouse. So they're definitely planning on it. Um, my big thing is I, I normally I would say no, I don't think they're gonna last um, for very obvious reasons. But my only saving grace for them as a couple is typically bachelor couples break up because they have to rewatch the show and see the lead saying the same things that they were saying to them, making out with everyone, sometimes sleeping with more than one person in the fantasy suite, full on having full fledged other relationships while allegedly being someone love. 
they don't have that problem because Claire didn't even try. So that might be the only thing for Dale to just be like, am I ever going to find a woman who is so obsessed with me that she threw away 14 weeks on TV and, and got four? You know what I mean? Right. And I, I'm curious how much money she threw away, too, because she would probably be under a, a per episode contract, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, or she would have broke it if she had a season long one, she would have broken it. So I, I'm imagining she left a lot of money on the table. Uh, of course, you mentioned she might be appearing throughout the season, but it's still, I'm sure her paycheck's not the same. But I, I don't understand in general, like rushing relationships. I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for over 10 years and we're still not married. And it's like, I don't, we will eventually. I mean, we're, but it's like, I don't really get, why would you have to rush it? I think because you have all these producers in your ear telling yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah. this is, I mean, on these shows, it's just like a totally different world. But the other thing about Claire and Dale, um, we, I think I, I don't remember if I even finished saying this, but I, I, the only reason I don't think they spoke beforehand was because Claire is a little unhinged, like I said. And I think she maybe made up the scenario in her head based off his Instagram because he's really close with his sisters. He lost his mother. Her mom is really sick. She lost her dad growing up. Um, and so she was so in love with the image of Dale she found from Instagram that I think that might've been more powerful than anything he possibly ever could have said, like over a DM, like what could Dale right, have DM'd right. her that made her be yeah, like, you're it. True. Like imagine. And, and let's be honest, like straight guys don't know how to DM. Like they, like a straight guy flirting on DM, they like send a gross dick pic that no one wants to see, like a, a really bad one. And it's like, that's imagine it. Imagine we find out Dale <laughs> sent Claire a dick pic and that's what made this whole That's what thing. did it. <laughs> you know that what, if it's, if it's a good one, if it's a good one, I could see running off with them but uh yeah I, I don't i i do think on social media it's interesting because you can learn so much about someone so especially if you go through someone's archives you could see everything and and you can build someone up in your head and as we know social media is not real life so it's like you people put their best foot forward so that worries me in terms of their relationship of like well if that is what did it even if they didn't speak and she built up this narrative that he was this perfect guy and perfect for her eventually that wall that will come crashing down because he was putting his best foot forward so as she gets to know him everyone in the universe we all have our flaws we all it it doesn't matter there's no perfect human at all and no relationship is is so easy so they're going to be getting into fights and start to slowly peel away those layers and and learn uh some of the bad parts and so i'm not saying it's not going to work out but it's just it's going to be a a big awakening i think because she had she had maybe, and him too, maybe built up what this relationship was in their head so much that it'll come crashing down. But. Yeah, I would have probably come from it more of like, if I was Claire, I, especially with guys on social media, it's very hit or miss. Like you almost don't want a guy to be too good at Instagram because then it's like like a straight guy because then you're like, why do you care so much about your Instagram? He's like a model type. Um, but I also- he's a, taco, I, he's a taco model. Have you talked about that on the show? He's a co- I actually costume. haven't yet, but it's- Unreal. Wow. Sarah, he's a Halloween costume artist. He there's pictures of him in a taco or a hot dog or something. I don't know what he was wearing, but it was it was a food item that he was wearing for Spirit Halloween and that was surprising. And there was one that he did like a um he was modeling like the engagement like a box, like a ring, like he was mo- he was modeling like decorations for an engagement party. And at what point in Claire's Google search while she was being quarantined during COVID, did she come across the taco costume photo? Because that came up right when I Googled him early in the season. So I'm sure when Claire was away, it was like, did did that do it for her maybe? Like, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's certainly possible. All she's really said about it is she loved seeing his family, um, which is, you know, very sweet. And then she said there was a lot of guys who she knew she didn't want to pick because they were like partying during Corona, which that's good. Like that, yeah. that is a good insight because a lot of these Did guys- she say who? No, she didn't say okay. who. Okay. I don't think she knows anyone else's name. Do you? I know. Yeah. Well, I know there's a chase in. Are you asking me if I know their names? I've like I, barely learned them. <laughs> barely no, Claire learned. doesn't even know. How would we know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I only know Chasen, and that's because my boyfriend said he looks like someone who always has chap lips. <laughs> wow, I love. <laughs> and that. I and it felt like a very accurate description, and and maybe it's mean, and I didn't say it, but I'm repeating it here, and uh, and oh, it stuck with I'm me. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing about Claire that was so interesting going into this season and with Dale and how this all ended up was Claire sent a tweet in like April. And she was upset that there was two guys on her season, Matt James, who is now the new Bachelor, and Dale, that had cameo accounts. Because she said, if you have a cameo account and you're doing interviews, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Now, Matt James and Dale were both like NFL players who were on a few practice squads. They didn't really like play, not to get sporty here. Right. Um, they weren't like NFL stars by any means. Yeah. Um, not No shade, just facts. Um, yeah. And she, her tweet is still up saying, if you have a cameo account, don't bother showing up. And now she's engaged to one of the men who had a cameo account. So that's another example of maybe we don't judge everything you see on the internet. Right, right. And I don't know if this is inappropriate to say, but I worked with a company recently who had told me they had worked with Dale uh, on like an influencer project before, obviously, he was on The Bachelor. And that made me think like, well, for what? I was confused. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not super familiar with football in general, but specifically his career in football. So I was, I was thinking, well, was he sort of famous before this, but you're saying he wasn't. He had like, he had like, um, like a hundred, probably thousand Instagram followers, which is a lot. Um, but I think it was more so because he like, yeah, he was a college football player who then he's obviously very good looking. I mean, yeah, both Claire yeah. and Dale looked gorgeous this whole episode. So that was at least something to totally root for. Um, and I think he's, cause he's like the model party in New York, scene type um i know a lot of people who have gone out with him like not romantically but like out partying in the city and they've all said he's a nice person i haven't heard anything like he's horrible so that's good well i mean in general and this isn't it's meant to be a knock towards dale but like any man who's gonna be in a taco costume for the spirit halloween store like it's not like that pays so much money like you do that because you're trying to advance your on-camera career or in front of the you know modeling career so I, yeah, I'm sure he was trying to make it in certain ways. It doesn't mean he's not looking for love with Claire or whatever, but yeah, I, I, I mean, there must be other motives a little bit. A moment I wanted to talk to you about because it gave me Hallmark Channel vibes. And I know you're a Hallmark Channel movie viewer, as am I. Yeah. Um, the moment when they were talking about their parents, it was very sweet at first because they clearly have some similarities in like I said, losing their parents. They were bonding over that. Both of their parents, it seemed like, had whirlwind romances of their own, which was very sweet, which felt very hallmarky, until Claire had to tell um, Dale what her parents' names were. So they were so head over heels in love, but he didn't know the names of her parents. Yeah, she, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of information that they don't know about each other. I think I saw someone tweet or online, I saw somebody say, like, they don't even know each other's middle names. Like, there's a lot of information that you just don't get by dating someone for such a short time. Also, by the way, when they were in that scene and they were talking about their parents, they were at like a little table and Claire kind of brought Dale there and she's like, I found us this little spot. And I was thinking, what do you mean you found this little spot? Like production guided you here. It's it's lit already by production. 
and also we're at the La Quinta Inn. It's not like there's a whole, it wasn't like you went and discovered like Christopher Columbus, the new land or something. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine if you were like, I found these people, Chris and Brie, and I brought them here. <laughs> Another trope of The Bachelor is always like – usually it's the contestants like will set – will quote-unquote set up like a romantic dinner and then be – or like a, a bottle of champagne and be like, I brought this for you. And it's like, no, you didn't. Like production just handed yeah. it to you. Or the lead will be like, I picked this date just for you. And it's like I know for a fact that they're encouraged on who to take their dates on. And the, the one of The Bachelor creators said, you know, Claire really wanted Dale on all of her first dates, the group dates. And usually the person who gets the first impression rose, they don't let them see them the first week because they want to make they don't want this to happen. And Claire insisted Dale be on all her dates. So it, it, it all was just, you know, it, I yeah. think they it was over before it started. Right. And I got to say, this is the first time in my life that I've ever felt bad for such a large group of straight white people, men specifically. I mean, I was watching these men and I was thinking, wow, I actually am feeling bad for Chase and, and company. Um, I mean, the whole group, because I was thinking like, wow, they, they came on the show and now they're not even on camera. So if they came for Instagram followers or fame or whatever, they're not even on camera. If they came for love, they're not even given the opportunity to fall in love with this woman. So they had to leave families, jobs in the middle of a pandemic. And this is what's happening to them. So I, I truly was like, wow, I'm feeling bad for these straight men. And that never happens. I know. I was feeling the same thing. And then I saw that deep V that Kenny um, with the tattoos had. And I was like, I don't know if I feel so bad for you. And look at the tank tops. I was like, all right, I'm over all of you. Boy, wait, Kenny's the boy band manager, right? Yes, oh, yes, yeah. he is. And he has, who are you most attracted to, Sarah? Who are you who besides oh, wow. Dale? Besides Dale, Dale. Dale. Um, Dale. I really liked Blake M, which was the guy who said he brought the books about dementia and got the first kiss. Okay. Um, but I like. I'm not. Get... I'm not laughing at dementia, by the way. I don't. I want to make that clear. I'm just laughing about the fact that he brought books on the Bachelorette. <laughs> He was like, that was his thing he was harping on. He was like, I brought this book about dementia because he knows Claire's mom has dementia, which is very sweet. But it is a weird thing to bring up in that it's moment. Like, I was so upset. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was like, that's what he immediately, his mind went to. It was like, well, God, this isn't working out. And I brought these dementia books and it's still not working out. I will say when Claire's guys first came out and I looked at the photos, I was like, oh, she actually got a really good group. And then when they showed up on night one, I was like, I don't know if this is Corona and they're all like being socially awkward because they haven't interacted with people. But like the entrances were less than impressive. So I kind of did like a double thing. And I was like, I actually don't think this is that good of a good looking group. I think Matt James, who's now going to be The Bachelor, was her best looking guy, which is a exciting for all of us to watch right right yeah what about you chasen <laughs> i do like those dry that dry lip chasen i do i feel i i actually find him very attractive and um who is i like uh the boy band manager i like a tattoo i like a tattoo moment okay um, but i can't even imagine like what's his name kenny i can't even imagine him like in the workplace uh, i mean dealing with the boy bands like i i can't picture him with NSYNC just yelling at him what to do or something like he doesn't seem like a manager type to me I don't know this for a fact but I'm pretty sure he's like a boy band manager of boy band cover bands that makes that tracks right yeah. um but yeah those guys I mean Claire what did we think of Claire's like breaking up with the 16 of them do you How think she... do you, wait do you think Kenny just like went up to those singers from uh listen to your heart and was like hey you guys need a manager like I bet you he was thinking he was probably thinking 10 steps ahead he's like you know what this isn't working out with Claire let me go give my card to listen to your heart, people. I wonder and if he 
knew. He probably, that's, he probably got more mad watching it back. I could have talked to Chris and Bree. I don't care about Claire. Why didn't they let me out of quarantine for this? <laughs> Dude, I just imagine all those guys sitting around and they're just like twiddling their thumbs, nothing to do, um, no woman to date. And they just hear that music coming from the other side of La Quinta Inn. And uh, just hearing those two sing, and they're like, "What the fuck is that?" They probably had the same reaction I did. Like, "What the fuck is that sound?" You didn't watch "Listen to Your Heart" either. The thing about the guy also is, like, a lot of them were being crazy, thinking like Dale got sent home, and that there was something else happening. Like, I, were they just in denial? Because clearly, Dale was the favorite. Yeah, I mean, I I also think they probably were driving themselves nuts. I can only imagine being so secluded like that, and you you do get. I would imagine That's you get nuts. Dope. That's why the show yeah, works. Yeah. Nothing else to do. And and I probably after so long of like rational thinking, then you just start thinking irrationally. And so you just make up these crazy conspiracy theories in your head because you're like, you know, I, you're just going nuts. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions of the episode was, did Dale feel pressured to propose? He has said he said on Good Morning America that he didn't hesitate because he knew once he once Claire said I love you, he knew it was over and he was ready to get down on one knee. Um, I I kind of felt like Chris Harrison um, was really laying it on thick with the proposal by uh, FaceTiming Neil Lane. Dale kind of laughed at first, like he was in denial, in disbelief that this was even a possibility, but ultimately pulled it out. What do you think? Was this a pressure thing or was this something he I- genuinely wanted? I definitely think it was a pressure thing. And I also want to go back a second to Chris Harrison because there was something that struck me. And every time he was running around that look into playgrounds, he had to keep walking up to Claire and moving the chair closer to her when he and I was getting so annoyed. I was like, why don't they just leave the chair there? Because every time he went there, he had we had to see him move around the furniture. And I'm like, why is Chris Harrison uh having to act as a, a moving company right now? Like every time you entered a scene, he had to move a big ass chair. Like, shouldn't production be doing that? And just keep it there. Like, that's where it's lit. That's where he's going to have to talk to Claire every time. So leave the chair there. Uh, But yeah, I think that Dale was definitely pressured, for sure. Chris Harrison is... One of those hosts, because there's, you know, there's a, every, a lot of these big reality shows have had, you know, you have your Andy Cohen, you have your Ryan Seacrest, they, they keep their, you know, your Jeff Probst. Um, and Chris Harrison is right up there. Um, and he actually might, I mean, Andy obviously does reunions and stuff, but Chris Harrison has such a crucial role on this show, specifically in crazy situations like this. He was Claire's therapist. He was Claire's father figure. He was producing the hell out of the show and maneuvering things behind the scenes. And he did it pretty smooth where I almost was like buying what he was selling. Like he's really good at his job. And it also seems like all of the contestants have a very uh, deep affection for him in a way that was surprising to me. Because when I even when Tasha showed up and they were hugging each other, I was like, oh, it seems like they're old buddies. And I know, you know, she was on the show before or, or they did know each other, but it, it seemed more than just like a host and a cast member. It seemed like, oh, they're really friends. And I feel that way. He, he was like that with Claire and with some of the guys even. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's two Did, things. Does Bachelor Nation really like Chris or wh- how do, where does everyone stand? All in on Chris Harrison. We all, okay, okay. everyone says, you know, I just had someone on the show a couple weeks ago. It's, I don't trust many men, but I trust Chris Harrison, okay, which is good. ironic because he lies to us all the time and tells us it's going to be the most dramatic season ever. And every season we believe him. Um, <laughs> but in general, I think that's two things. One, they like to pretend like the contestants on the show barely see Chris Harrison. Like this is probably the most a contestant has ever seen him because he had to show up so many times. Usually he's like hiding, like asleep, comes out and says, this is the final rose tonight and goes away. And only the lead really gets to know him. So I think the guy, everyone tries to pretend they're like buddies with Chris Harrison because he's like Chris Harrison, but really they barely know him. And with Taisha, he was just like representing her getting to finally do this, which I want to get to Taisha 
and try to figure out when the hell they got her to this resort. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it seemed like they were ready right away. And obviously there could have been time that had lapsed in between that we just aren't aware of, but it did seem like that, you know, that's where I kind of start to get into those conspiracy theories where I'm thinking like, was this set up? Because it seemed like it moved so quickly that if we had to quarantine her for two weeks, how did this all work out this way? Do, have they have has there been information as to when Tasha showed up? How far into filming they were? Was it how long was that? Okay. So there's so many different layers of this. I'm going to take you through the scenarios. Okay. One side is Claire has liked a bunch of tweets, and Michelle Money, who's one of her best friends, was on the podcast last week. She's an old bachelor, like quote unquote villain. So she's a little scorned from the way the show <clears throat> treated her in the past, but she's also really close with Claire. Um, and she and Claire are both convinced that like they had Tasha waiting before Claire even met Dale. So that's one side of it. Tasha was on Jimmy Kimmel last night and Jimmy Kimmel was asking her these questions and she was being very vague with her answers. And I think that's either one because there's truth to that or because no one wants to get in trouble that Tasha was not actually quarantined for her mm. two weeks. You know what mm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm coming from this. I believe that when Claire got to Palm Springs after like four months, five months of waiting to be the bachelorette after already waiting six years, Claire's first bachelor season was on in 2014. She's been around a while. Then she was on two seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. Then she got engaged on a show that I'm going to blow your mind called Bachelor Winter Games. Okay. I have a lot to learn. Is there a textbook on all of this? I need a, what are, where are my reading materials? Because this is a lot. Usmagazine.com. I haven't, yeah, I need to go to usmagazine.com. I haven't even really wrapped my head around the fact that there's a music competition. Yeah. Well, the winter games. What else is there? What else are we got in, in here? Paradise is by far the best. So when that comes okay. back, you got to watch that. It's okay. by far the best show um, because they just put them all on a beach and they have different people show up at different times. And it's it's why they watch each other go on the dates. It's like manipulative. It's so good. Question. Is Chris Harrison involved in all of these or? Yes. Okay. Okay. He's okay. even less present in Mexico though, but he goes to Mexico for like six weeks with these people and just pops up and like hands out cards that says they can go on dates and there's nothing for him to do because it's like a, it's a free for all. It's just a bunch of people. It's like real world with, they didn't have to work. And if they were on a beach and they were all dating. Okay. So it seems like there's all these spinoffs. Have there been any that have been in the works that maybe like didn't make it to air or even production? And can you tell me about those? I'm about to blow your mind again. Well, first there was going to be summer games this year. This this whole year was going to be Bachelor Around the Clock. It was going to be Peter Weber's season finished in March. Claire's season was supposed to start filming. Then they were going to have Claire's season air. Then they were going to have a mini Bachelor went summer games. Then they were going to have Paradise. And then they were going to start The Bachelor. So it was going to be like Around the Clock, which is insane. But also in between that, there were ads for bachelor seniors for 65 plus bachelor. Okay. Okay. Um, new question. So we're running the show around the clock and we haven't cast one gay person. So no. there's not no. even, we well, Demi, Demi Burnett is bisexual. She was on Colton season of the bachelor. And then on bachelor in paradise last summer, they let her girlfriend or like the person she was seeing come on the show, which also became a torn thing because some people in Bachelor Nation were upset they were breaking the rules. They brought in an outsider. Other people were just so happy to finally see two women on the show dating each other, which they did. They got engaged, but then they broke up like a week later. No, what I don't understand, and I, I'm new to this world and I'm talking about uh, Bachelorette on my show. And what I was saying was if they're doing all of these shows, it seems really cheap to make. I don't understand why they can't just try to have a a lesbian or gay or bisexual transgender bachelor or bachelor person or contestant or 
I don't get it. I know on MTV they did Are You the One, which there was like a sexually fluid season. And I obviously this is network TV, so it's a little bit more conservative and everything, but I just don't understand it. It seems like it wouldn't be that expensive. They do all of these cycles. So like why couldn't they in all of these years? How many is how long has this been running? Twenty years or something? They can't yeah, do one. Like two thousand two. No, I totally so we, agree with why you. Why can't we do one? They could have right, like, right. adventure. Watch it or don't watch it. It's gonna be on again next week with someone else. Yeah, like throw a, a, a bunch of gays at the La Quinta Inn and just film them while you're doing Claire's season. It you seems like a, a host. It seems like right now, especially, would be the best time, easiest time to do it because it'd be the cheapest because you don't have to worry about like all the helicopter dates and all that. You just throw them all at the La Quinta. And so, like, let's just get one season. I'm not saying that every season has to be like that, but why, I don't understand this world that we live in in 2020. We can't have one season or, or at least a spinoff or something. I know. I mean, listen, we just got our first black bachelor for season 25 um, premiering in 2021. Um, we had Rachel Lindsay, who is amazing. I know she's been on your Love show. Um, she's like the smartest person who's ever been on the bachelor. I, it's amazing. She agreed. I'm happy she did. Um, but yeah, that was, and that was one bachelorette of now Tasha, which is another thing. Some people are saying, you know, maybe they brought in Tasha because she is a person of color, which is awesome. Other people are saying if they did pick her, they would have picked her from the beginning and wanted to take bragging rights for that. So that this is definitely. Oh, right. end. So there's a lot of sides to it. I kind of think that, they they heard Claire talk about Dale the second they got to Palm Springs and she was gushing about his Instagram and the producers who know Claire, like I said, there was a scene in Bachelor in Paradise season one where they had Claire crying because someone didn't like her and they edited it. So she was talking to a raccoon. It was must see TV. I, I think this watch that by Claire because I used to tweet about this like every day, like I couldn't get over it. So I think that's what made her um, this before I even worked at Us Weekly. So it has nothing to do with writing. I think she just was yeah. mad. I kept bringing up the raccoon. Um, Cause it was wild television. So the things that they've already done to this girl on TV um, and she had, she had sex with Juan Pablo in the ocean during her season. Allegedly she denied it, but like, it was kind of clear. So this, it, it, again, we've seen Claire do a lot. So I think they, once they heard Claire talk about Dale without even meeting him, I think they were like, had Tayshia on speed dial, like a bat, a Batman phone. Like we're going to press right. go and you, you, like lay low right now because we're going to need you to pass X amount of coronavirus tests because this is going to be your season. And I think that's when they, they made the call. They claim they made the call when Claire gave herself the group date rose. <laughs> which was wild television. I need to know behind the scenes. I know I watched that Unreal and I need an actual version of Unreal though. Uh, I'm excited to meet Taisha and get to know her because I don't know anything about her. But just with, with the diversity thing, I it's like, do, is the audience, does the audience seem to, in your opinion, not want diversity on the show or? Um, I mean, it's a really sad fact that Rachel's season was a little bit lower rated than a lot of other seasons. Um, granted, that was one example, and I don't think that that's fair to base anything off of, and there could have been a lot of factors for that. Right. Um, but I think they leaned into that, and they, the show likes to blame. They just like to find good people, and that's their, that's their like, the, what they stick to. Okay. This was kind of the first year they've addressed that maybe it was a problem. And it, it's a cycle, right? Because if they don't make people of color or diverse people the contestants, they're never going to become popular enough by the fans to be the lead. And um, if the audience never feels represented, the audience is not oh, going to come there yeah, in the no. way that they, in the way that they, you know, a different audience would. I, I you know, like I, this is my first time in this world, but of course, if, if there was a gay bachelor, I would have, I would watch it. And I know a lot of other gay people would, but it would take a few seasons to condition uh, or, or to encourage that audience to, to come to a franchise that has otherwise been unrepresented in this world. 
Anyway. Yeah, Rachel Lindsay has said that. She said she was like, black people don't watch The Bachelor. Black people don't go on The Bachelor. It's not for us. And she said that. And so that was her. I mean, she broke down a huge barrier and it made a huge step. Um, I and her. now I love her too. And I think Tasha yeah. is going to be great because we got our drama and we got Claire was also the oldest bachelor in case you didn't hear. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard that a million times, which right. was another surprise, another issue for me where I was thinking like, why, why is it? It almost felt like everyone was applauding themselves at the beginning of the season. Like we got the oldest bachelorette and look at us. We got someone who's 39. And I'm like, what is that? That's not something to be applauded. Like that should be normal on this in this world of 20 plus years or however long it's been. I know. Well, that's why I always say people who don't like Bravo or say the housewives are, you know, not good for women or whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I know you always say this. I'm like, there are 50 plus women showing us their real lives, divorce, like loss. And yeah, they're throwing legs and wine at each other, but that's what's good TV. But we're also seeing them grow and find love. I mean, you see Ramona still go on dates and talk about sex. Like she's freaking Carrie Bradshaw. So yeah. 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 And I think there's good and bad with uh, all of this. It's obviously not the Bravo network's not perfect in, in those ways and, and no network is, but it's just all new to me. So I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, wait, why do they, why are they acting like it's so amazing? They have a 39 year old woman on here. Yeah. No, it was uh, the one story I wanted to tell you um, I read this morning was Dale talking about the moment like him and Claire had had it. Like they were like, we're in. And they were, it's, it's, the story doesn't really make sense, but I'm very excited to get your reaction to it because it's insane. Um, They were in the presidential suite and they were just talking and Claire has a tattoo that says password on it and she was telling him that her and her best friend she just she's just a big betty white fan from like the 70s remember she (laughs) that's a reference no one probably knows but betty white used to always be in password oh okay good to know (laughs) yeah she's just a really big game show network fan or whatever yeah yeah Yeah. Um, her and her friend and and this story might be a little wrong i just read it quickly i didn't listen to the episode but whatever they had (laughs) those are minor details so she has a tattoo password and Dale was like, oh, like, tell me about this tattoo. And she was like, well, me and my best friend, like, have this tattoo. So when we're in awkward moments, like, we can point to each other kind of like a safety word and be like, we got to get out. And but they also have a word that represents the password. So if they say this word, like a code word, that means like, oh, help me. I'm in a bad situation. And Dale, some way, somehow guessed that the password was pineapple. What? I'm this is what's going on? You know, obviously there could be a supernatural explanation for how Dale would know that, but I I don't believe that to be true. I mean, I don't know. This is the quote. Um, The password was pineapple that her and her friends used to have as like a safety word to save me or I'm spinning out. And I guessed it. We were freaking out. And Claire said in my interview that night on camera, I called my best friend and I was like, what's the original password? And she was like, pineapple. Why? And he was like, I knew it. Okay, this might also sound like a stupid question, but do they have access to phones? Oh, normally, no. Normally, no. Um, contestants or lead don't. Um, I think maybe this was when Claire had already like gone off the wall, so they probably gave her her phone back just to because she was like done. They're like, whatever you want, like take your iPad, like whatever you whatever you need, Claire. Just yeah, get out of here. They normally aren't even allowed to watch TV or read books or do anything um, besides like journal and like tan at the pool. Okay, slow down. I have questions about the journal. Oh um, yeah. That was so- what it looked like the pages were blank both this week and last week and it seemed like I, I was like what is she writing in this blank it felt to me like a producer threw a empty notebook at her right before the camera started rolling and she was pretending to write but i'd like to see those pages because i don't believe anything to be on them honestly 
I think we should have to submit them as evidence in the investigation yeah. of her and Dale talk before the show. I just imagine it being like a squiggly line or a stick figure or something like she was just doodling um, on camera. But I don't believe there to be any sort of journal entry on those pages. I, I, I think maybe it was one of those cases of we need, you know, they usually do a lot of scenes of them walking um, and looking longingly. Um, and we didn't have that because they were stuck in this resort. Matt James season, to give you some something to look forward to, they're filming at this place in Pennsylvania that's like a woodlands resort. So we're going to have a lot more activities versus just apparently it was like hot as hell in Palm Springs, which is another reason I'm shocked that Claire, like her skin, she looked so beautiful this whole episode. Yeah. I was like, I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I know a little bit about Matt James because I follow him and I follow Tyler Cameron. Were they on the same season together? Are they friends or something? Yeah, so Matt James has never actually been on the show before. Tyler Cameron was the huge, like, runaway star of last year. You know, dated right. Gigi. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they met in college. They both went to Wake Forest. Um, and they were on the football team together because we love um, fake football players on the show. And they were best friends. And so then Tyler got Matt on Claire's season. Matt was supposed to be on Claire's season. And then when Claire's season got super delayed and The Bachelor was getting a bunch of backlash in June around when the protests and stuff were happening with Black Lives Matter, they just pulled the trigger and made him the bachelor, even though technically no one knows him. We all know him through Tyler Cameron. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's where I knew him from too. I I, I think I must've followed Tyler first then because just because physically I find Tyler beautiful as well as Matt. Yeah. I mean, Tyler and Matt both, they are. I know. I know. I, I, you know, I almost unfollowed Tyler recently on Instagram because I got very self-conscious looking at his photos and his videos. I was like, I don't know if it's like looking directly into the sun. Like, I don't know if this is good for my ego. <laughs> or I, I. I had him on the show a few weeks ago and it, it was, I was bright red the entire time. I could almost not use any of the video footage because it was a lot for oh me. Oh my God. Yeah. Was, I heard he's really sweet too. I had Rachel Lindsay on my show and she said, Tyler's like a really good guy. I'm super sweet. Yeah. He was very nice. And he turned, he turned the flip, he script flipped the script on me. Cause I was asking him like invasive questions and he started asking me if I was dating anyone. And I was like, wow, this is, I can't handle this. <laughs> is he dating anyone? He, um, no, uh, not uh, apparently no, but I'm sure he is. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. From going to Gigi Hadid's Yolanda's mother's funeral in Finland to then all of a sudden Gigi being back with, with Zane and having his child to Tyler being back with Hannah, his bachelorette for a hot minute now to be single again. It's that, that's why you have to, this show, it, it exists just the same way Bravo, like on Instagram and stuff. And while as I think sometimes Instagram hurts Bravo shows because it leaks and like ruins a lot of stuff or it makes you hate the people because they're good on the show, but bad on Instagram, the bachelor is kind of the opposite because you'll see these couples who break up, be teasing each other and like back together and they become kind of like celebrities in that way where you get to follow them if that makes right. any sense yeah oh yeah yeah i i find it fascinating you know there's nothing i would like more than to be at like a thanksgiving dinner with the the hadids like yolanda uh um if tyler when he was dating her like the whole thing i wish bella the weekend yeah. bella the weekend could you imagine Muhammad and lisa vanderpump <laughs> just the whole crew I have to tell you, I saw pictures that Lisa and Kyle were at the same sushi place last night, but I don't think they were together, but I wonder if they (gasps) crossed paths. Oh my God. I think Lisa will come back to Beverly Hills Housewife at some point. I think so too. Yeah, for sure. I believe. Did you see the video of um, Kathy Hilton and the new Housewife Crystal like talking outside of wherever they were? Yeah, I'm excited about the dynamics next season. I mean, I'm going to miss Denise. I liked everything that was happening with Denise, even though I know a lot of people hated it. I, I thought it was fascinating TV. I and too. Yeah, and I mean, talk about unpredictable. Every time Denise or her husband, Big Dick Aaron, were on screen, I was like not sure what they were going to say or do. It was, it was great. 
I mean, we still don't know if they're being followed. Right. right. I mean, some of the things that he was saying, I was like, no one, you know, because, okay, talking about reality TV, it almost starts to feel like you know what's going to happen. You know what these people are going to say because we've been watching it, and not only watching, but we study it and we talk about it on these shows and stuff like that. And so it does become so predictable. So then when you get someone where it feels like not even a producer can convince them what to say or do, I think that that becomes exciting for for viewers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm always a sucker. I usually end up liking almost every season of Housewives, even like the ones that are supposed to be bad because I find something in it. And I, or maybe it's just the camaraderie that everyone hates it. That's what's fun. Like either way, I'm like, I never regret watching it. Even like OC this yeah. season, everyone's so mad about it. And I totally understand the argument. But like one, I think it's actually been kind of entertaining. And two, I think the different sides of it are entertaining. And I'm fascinated to find out what they're going to do with Kelly and everything. Like I can't look away. Right. Right. It's fa- I mean, it's it's become an interesting thing, too, behind the scenes, just trying to figure out and put those puzzle pieces together and see, like, how are they going to change the cast? Are they going to are they going to respond to to this set of fans or that set of fans? And and it's I mean, all of this stuff is like sports to us, too. So it's like people who follow sports scores and stuff like that. We're following the casting decisions and all of that. And it's it's fascinating. And I want more crossovers like you had. Remember that season of Vanderpump Rules where Sheena went out with that guy, Robbie? It was like one episode. If you wouldn't watch The Bachelor, he was kind of a nothing. If that guy's been on Siesta Key, Vanderpump Rules, Paradise, and The Bachelorette. And like he's kind of the worst. But like I need more, even more crossover because the people who are on these shows are just all unique. Has there ever been a Bravo person in The Bachelor world? Like has it ever Just Sheena has been linked to Bachelor people, but I don't know if she really dated them or just was like on the beach frolicking for See, I could picture Sheena as a contestant on The Bachelor. Like Sheena would be a great bachelorette. I know she's busy. What I, what did you think about Chriselle? I'm sure you talked about this. I love Chriselle. I do too. I do too. And I heard that they almost made her the Bachelorette like 10 years ago or something. And now I'm like, before let's get her in there met, now. I know before she even met the infamous, as you named him, Justin Hartless. <laughs> so Justin, called? Hart- Dustin Hartless. Justin Hartless. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, I think she would be amazing now. She's what, 39? So she'll be 40 by the time they film. They can brag uh, about that. Um, we have a divorce. We have, I mean... NBC would be shaking if they knew that Justin Hartley was going to be on blast on Netflix and on ABC on a weekly. We didn't get enough. I know you didn't watch. I don't think you watched Dancing with the Stars. I watched it and they didn't give us nearly enough Justin Hartley content, which I know it's about Chriselle and she was great. But like I wanted I think if she lasted a little longer, we would have dug even deeper. Yeah. No, I, it's upsetting. I mean, I was I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but my mom updates me because she's obsessed with it. And so she'll just tell me what and she doesn't know any of the people that were on this season. Like she wasn't aware of them ahead of time. And I was like, Mom, we're rooting for Chriselle. Like that's who we need to win. Like, At all time. That's who we're voting for, Mom. I, w- I voted for Chriselle. And I also had to vote for Caitlin Bristow, an old bachelorette who um, Carrie, there's this big drama now because Carrie Ann Inaba, one of the hosts, I mean, one of the judges like hates bachelor people in my mind. Like she was really hard on Hannah Brown last season who ended up winning. The, the mirror ball and now she's like really hard on Caitlyn and it's like no one knows if it's just she just hates that bachelor people are on the show or what but it doesn't make any sense because they're both really good dancers and she just consistently gave them both low scores so now we have well, a new feud and didn't Tyra start a feud she said she didn't want any Bravo people on I think or something yes. and ev- doesn't everyone hate Tyra on Dancing with the Stars and I love Tyra so I'm not trying to start anything I just have only heard really awful things about Tyra yeah it's it's so upsetting. Um, I was trying to root for Tyra, um, but it's just every week. It's She needs a talk show. She needs a show where she can talk to people. On Dancing with the Stars, her job is to ask the judges for their scores and transition to commercial. But she turns everything into like a 
what what she's thinking and no one asked for that and it, it's it's just not working there's not enough time and we have to pass a doble we don't need to hear tyra right. talk about her wardrobe malfunctions right i mean that even happened on america's next top model but it was like the audience went into it knowing that ahead of time and so with the dancing with the stars said it all <laughs> we knew it was tyra show you want to be on top Please. Right. You want to be on top? Yeah, we knew going into it. Like, I mean, so many moments from Next Top Model that just stick out in my head. But uh, on Dancing with the Stars, it's like the audience is used to it going one way. So now we have someone who's trying to make it their show, which I don't know because I don't watch the show. But I've heard just she, you know, she talks a lot and and people don't like that she makes things about her. Yeah. Um, to, I mean, to bring it back to The Bachelor and wrap things up so I don't like keep you for your whole day because I would. It would be like if Chris Harrison all of a sudden was like, well, Claire, I wanted you to be with 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 Jason. So that's not going to work for me. Like, imagine if he just decided that Dale wasn't it or something like that. Like that right. would never happen because Chris Harrison knows his job here. You know, and I, I bet you the producers on Dancing with the Stars are probably confused as to how to steer the ship with her because they did hire her as a big name and I, I would just imagine they don't know exactly what to do. Yeah. My only other note from the episode that I had written down, which was very shady, was imagine if Dale just goes, eh, I'd rather you keep dating the other 16 guys too and see what happens when she oh like her That would have been really interesting. The whole show would have just, what would it have ended? Or Claire wouldn't have, she would have still left La Quinta if I that happened. So. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I always watch these shows with, you know, one eye on editing and, and producing and stuff, but now more than ever, I feel like I could go back to other seasons and be like, they just edit it out every time JoJo talked about Jordan or every time Rachel talked about Brian, whoever, because to make it less obvious to the viewer, like part of me does think they just kept in all this Dale stuff. But I mean, I also don't think any mm. of those other women probably would have gotten engaged in 12 days because they didn't. So I don't know. Well, Sarah, I'm enjoying it. And I hope I hope your listeners and, and viewers of this show, they're not too hard on me because this world is new and I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm learning. No, I think I hope I didn't say anything mean because I know Bachelor Nation people, they, you know, they're very intense. I get heat all the time. You just got to go with it. You know, okay. I I hope they don't yell at me. I love you all. (laughs) I love you all too. And obviously, if you don't already listen to Everything Iconic, then I don't know what you're doing because it's hilarious. Um, And you are covering right now Potomac. And uh, and I'm I'm talking about the Bachelorette right now too, right. which is new. And I'm doing I have interviews, so I just had Andy Cohen on, I, um, Bethany Frankel. I have a really exciting non Bravo non reality show guest coming next week uh, that I'm excited about. And uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's called everything iconic, so it's uh, all over the place, but it's mostly Bravo focused. But I also have other celebrities on to chat and the Christmas uh, holiday movie podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I have a, another show called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast where I uh, have a co-host and I, we recap holiday movies. So we talk about uh, some old classics as well as some new movies like Holiday on Netflix, which is like a new Emma Roberts movie. It's just a fun, silly uh, Christmas podcast. So subscribe to that too. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Danny. You're thank everything you. and this was everything to me. I Well, I hope I get to see you in person very soon. We would have been at BravoCon together maybe this, I know right, this time this this time this year maybe when I stalked you on the BravoCon carpet like the freak I am. Oh, uh, wasn't that so fun though? It was such a fun, um, the, the a fun event. Anyway, Sarah, thank you. I love you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Here for the Right Reasons. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave a five star review on iTunes. We will be back next week when Tasha's journey kicks off. <laughs>